Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Brewing Time. I am your host, Armor Soul, and we have... Quaison Banna. All right, Quaison. So tell me, what is the brew for today? All right, the brew for today, we're going to be exploring a topic of lab-grown meat. Oh, it kind of sounds like mystery meat. It does. It sounds, it's kind of got a little bit of off-puttingness a little bit to it, right? A little bit of mystery in there, yeah. A little bit of mystery. So tell me, I mean, okay, like lab-grown meat, so it's just made from cells just in a lab somewhere? Yeah, I think so. Like it's artificially, synthetically made. I think they take, uh, they might have like some kind of biopsy or whatever of an actual, uh, you know, um, living cell, and they maybe like scrape off and grow culture, like grow those cult uh, cells in a culture, and then form the meat that way. I think that's how the way it goes. Okay, so tell me, but do you think that is sustainable, though? Honestly, I do think it's sustainable because, yeah, like for. You just need, like the cellular biology with that, you just need one cell, right? Okay. Don't you need just one cell to keep on replicating that? You don't really need much. You don't need like, oh, I need half a cow to make a steak in a sense. It's not like it's it's inefficient that way. I think it's very efficient and self-sustaining, yeah? See, I mean, like my point of view is this. Okay, so if, if we're just growing it off of a Petri dish, yeah, it's meat, but one, okay, these are stem cells. Plus, I mean... How are we growing this and what nutrients are missing from, let's say, this meat? So, for example, like it's like, you know, about grass fed beef, correct? Yeah. Or I mean, I like chicken. Sure. Sure. OK, so think about that. If you notice, too, like let's let's talk about chicken, for example. So with grass fed chicken, uh, when they produce their eggs, what do you notice the difference between those type of um range free if i'm saying if i remember that or pa- pasture raised there you go pasture raised chicken versus the chickens that are stuck in cages i think primarily you'll get at least with their eggs um if i'm correct i think it's the carotenoids with the yolk so you'll notice i think a darker yolk uh i think that has more uh, more vitamins b12 and such like that that gives it that darker color i think it's better for you if i'm correct mm-hmm. and then on top of that okay so with these pasture-raised chickens, they're eating bugs, they're eating things that are natural, that they're supposed to eat. They're not experiencing stress levels. Now, let's talk about that with lab-grown meats, right? So, with the lab-grown meats, again, we're growing it off of a Petri dish, so it cannot consume anything, and we have to synthetically add chemicals into that meat. So, what about all those micronutrients that we're also missing as well? We might, I mean, that's, that might be the age old question, right? And it's, it's obviously a new study. It's, it's, it's increasingly, we're increasingly learning about it and trying to figure it out. And it's like, yeah, um, can we really get the same amount of nutritional value as, uh, a cow that, you know, just roams on the range, eats whatever grass and all the good stuff and gets all those, uh, macro, micronutrients and, you know, then we get that into the meat form and then we consume that. But I think it's like, you know, think about it this way. It's like in horticulture or any kind of like, um, you know, growing any kind of plants, whatever, you know, we, we very much regulate what type of uh, nutrients we put in the soil, for example, so we get something good out of it, you know. You know, it's like the whole GMO, non-GMO kind of thing like that. We are just, I feel like we're like, we're just like the middleman 
for those nutrients. So I feel that like we can still reach that nutritional value um, by supplying the right amount of nutrients because we know what what needs it, what we need to put, what nutrients, what um, chemicals uh, need uh, to you know put in that that petri dish for it to grow. The question is whether or not uh, it grows properly. You know, let's say if it grows like irregularly or whatever and doesn't have the right amount of fiber or something like that, you know. So I guess what I'm saying is that I think we can reach that you know, nutritional value because we need we could regulate. We exa- we know exactly what we need to put in it to make it grow. Right. You don't think so? No, I mean, honestly, I really don't think so, because it's, it's also like this. I mean, yeah, so we are we are apex beings. Right. So, again, Mother Nature has has been around for billions of years right constantly developing evolving we've been on this planet for like what less than 10,000 years i mean modern historical times anyway i mean we've been around for what maybe around a million years at most our species has and now we're we're going up and we're messing up the natural orders of things it's like oh yeah well again talking about let's say natural selection and gmos right so, for example, let's talk about corn. Corn is huge here in America, right? And corn originally, how it used to look, it was a very tiny little thing. Now we've GMO'd it, and it's 300 times its original size, right? I mean, that's not normal, and corn is in everything. It's in your desk. It's in your hair. It's altering your See, DNA. You know what I'm talking your about? hair, yeah. When you say that, I'm like, I always get kind of chills in the sense. like It's like we're like, we might as well be like, you know, somebody asks like, oh, hey, you know, oh, you're from this country? Oh, yeah, it's like I'm 50%, you know, German or 50%, you know, uh, you know, American. Actually, you're like 50% corn. That's what you are, you know? I mean, it's like, it's so weird. It's like, we all, you know, it's the uniting uh, factor with all, with our species is corn. <laughs> you know, it, it's really weird, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's like, I get that. Like, you were saying, like, okay, you know, corn used to be this little itty-bitty, you know, kind of thing. But isn't that kind of like a good thing? We you know we modified it to, well, make it bigger, supply more people, you know, uh, and to utilize it. Maybe we kind of got rid of like certain other uh, health factors, like maybe it was more fiber in it, you know, like bananas. You've seen like their pictures of bananas, right? The, the original bananas, bananas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the original bananas, they were like one big seed and then they, you know, regulated and made that that tiny like we don't even know we can't even see the seeds in bananas sometimes because they're so small well you know it's funny like the bananas that we see now like the original bananas you know they went extinct right yeah so what do we have just the cavendish right or something yeah like and again it's just a clone that's all it is and right i mean that's i mean it's a great thing it's a clone we could we could mass produce this however though since it's a clone, it's a lot more susceptible to being wiped out by disease. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, and again, that goes into the play with natural selection versus GMOs. Like, for example, do you know what the French word for apple is? I feel like we've talked about this before. Isn't it just like apple? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? It's potato. <laughs> what? Okay. Like in like okay. Explain. So when potatoes got brought into Europe, for example the the fruit for the apple was basically like a potato it wasn't really sweet it was very dull and people would just bite into it it's like oh yeah like it's that's a that's a potato you know it tastes just like a potato which is an apple if you 
you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, no, but think about that too. I mean, here in America, right? I mean, our food, our apples, for example, we have many different species of apples. And there's a new apple, I think, every seven years, I think, which is weird. But the apples here, they're very sweet. And again, nat- by natural selection, it should never be this sweet. You know, there was actually, um, what's it called? Even farmers are having to stop feeding their cattle's apple because it's giving them diabetes because it's too sweet for them. Did you know that? I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Because wow. again, like, again, that also goes into another topic of sugar. We're not meant to eat this much sugar at all. That's true. You know, it, when you say that, like, animals are getting diabetes from fruit alone, that is honestly crazy because I remember... One of the age-old questions, uh, I remember speaking to some diabetics, they asked me at the time, can I get? Can people get diabetes from consuming fruit alone? And I'm like, no. The, 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 the amount of sugar, okay, obviously they're, you know, they're low glycemic uh, fruits, and they're ones that are a little bit higher. A watermelon's got a lot of sugar. Grapes have a ton of sugar. Uh, papaya, for example, is a low glycemic. They even say dates can be low glycemic, even though dates have quite a bit of sugar in them, a lot of fructose in it. But I think you have to consume a ton, a ton of fruit to get diabetes. But if you're saying that the cows are getting it, well, let me ask you this. Is it because, is it just because their, you know, you know, their, their digestive system is a little bit different than ours or is it just really they're just getting too sweet? I mean, it could be both. It could be, again, their digestive system, how they're processing the food, and it could definitely be the food in and of itself. But again, like, okay, do you know what a prickly pear is, for example? I have seen it, but I've never eaten one. So I've eaten prickly pears dozens of times before, and eating that, it's like, it's a very, it's almost like a bland kiwi. Like, dragon fruit is a very bland kiwi. That's how fruit is supposed to taste like. Kind of like that bland. It's like somewhat seed is like, it's okay, you know? Like, again, think about that. But when you when you GMO our foods, right, what effect does that have on our DNA? For example, plastics. Is plastics good for us even though we made it? No. No, right? Because, again, like we claim to know better. Like, oh, well, we know better. This is going to be healthy for us. But as we both know, it affects our DNA. It alters it. And it gives us cancer. And in this case, again, when we all, when we genetically modify our foods, what effect is that having in our gut health, in our gut biome, and in our genes as well? Yeah, it's it's certainly a topic of discussion on what GMOs, if they're truly bad for you, uh, or if they're moderately bad. I honestly, I'm I'm not, I'm not totally convinced about how detrimental they are to our health. But I do think that the more organic, and when I say organic, it's kind of a buzzword now because it's like, well, you know, no pesticides, you know, I'm talking about like heirloom, you know, uh, tomatoes or, or fruit or vegetables that, you know, they're not just like incredibly resilient because we bred them with, you know, an oak tree, you know, it's like, let, let me breed this tomato with an oak tree and then it's just going to resist all the bugs in the world. I mean, the more natural, the more original, I guess. I feel those, and I'm, of course, I'm a layman in this kind of stuff, but I feel that those would be healthier 
Uh, it's because we've always been eating that for hundreds and thousands of years, I feel. Even though we have changed, they have changed naturally and we have changed them um, by our doing so. But um, yeah, but just talking about lab-grown meat. So like, tell me, what are kind of like um, some benefits, you know, that you can think of like, hey, you know, like somebody says, hey, lab-grown meats come out like tomorrow. You said California came, uh, started coming out with it, right? They, they approved yeah. it or is it just like... So California approved it. Okay. So they approved the lab-grown meat. Uh, I wonder if um, it's like a select, you know, labs that are like, hey, we want you guys to kind of, you know, uh, champion this thing and see how it goes. Or it's just more like free for all, like, okay, guys, you know, bring out your lab grown meat, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, what kind of benefits do you think, you know, that could be, what would be some good things that could come I, from lab grown meat? I mean, go, going into the good things, we could probably say cuts down on the, the uh, livestock that are being slaughtered for one, right? Sure, I think it's a. Bi- I think that would be a, a big, uh, you know, um, advantage for people. For you know, maybe some people that, um, actually, let's kind of divide this. I was gonna say maybe vegetarians might kind of go with it, but it's still meat, right? Now, now the question is, is lab-grown meat like you can you can take the cells off of a cow and not kill it? That's what's interesting. Okay, that's yeah. what's interesting to me. So, is the animal still being harmed in the process? You know, I would mean, a veggie- would it consider harm, right? Like, is it feeling yeah. pain at all? Like, you, you know, like because I remember I seen some farmers. They have a valve in their cow's side, abdominals, right? So that way they could release the gas, and they say like, "Oh yeah, sure. it doesn't hurt them at all. Like this is just them releasing gas." But it's kind of weird, you know, if you really it's think crazy. About yeah, it. they, they, I've seen that. Yeah, they. they 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 get so bloated because of the apples that are there being fed, you know, in the sense, all that garbage. And, uh, yeah, they pretty much, yeah, puncture a hole and light that thing on fire, literally, so the gas can kind of, uh, you know, escape. Yeah, it's it's they got a little blowtorch on the side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. Let's do oh, some welding, right, while we're at it. <laughs> or think about it like this, too. Like when, uh, so when, uh, I forgot what the, it's like a gastric bypass, if I'm remembering correctly, but basically it's where they have a bag outside of their abdominals, right? And it's just filled with poop. Um, yes. Like, um, you, you know what I'm talking about? It'll come to me. Yeah, no, I get what you're talking about. So like with that again, like, cause I remember when I used to work for a bank, they talked about that, right? I remember I had a client come in and he actually showed me his bag. He's like, what? And he's like, oh, yep. Yep. There you go. You see that? That's my poop. And I'm like, does that hurt at all? I'm like, actually, no. I'm like, I'm just walking around it just fine. You know, of course, I have it underneath my shirt because I don't want to alarm anybody. But for the most part, I'm fine. I'm dandy. Yeah, I think it's a it's a colostomy and they use like something called a, a colorectal or a colo bag or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, external colon basically, right? Yeah. Pretty insane. Yeah. I saw on, this is just kind of anecdotal, but I saw it like on Reddit. Uh, there was a, There was a lady that she had some problem. Um, where she had to keep, um, she had a direct connection to her heart and stomach and she basically cannot eat solid foods. Mm. She cannot drink stuff. She has to like consume food through like, just like external, like her food comes in like a bag. It's like liquid and it just Mm. goes into her, her heart and stomach area. And that's how it is because, you know, but anyway, that's kind of anecdotal, but yeah, like, um, what about like, um, so, like, talking about, like, the benefits, do you think they'll ever... Okay, so here's the kind of the question maybe on a lot of people's mind. Is it going to taste good? You know, 
is it going to taste like a steak if it's grown in a lab, you know? Because the culinary the culinary incentive that, like, people want, in order for people to buy something, they want it to be good. They want it to taste good, right? That's a big factor. Yeah, it can help animals, and um, there's always, of course, the morality issue uh, with that. But a lot of people, you know, they also are going to think, like, well, if it tastes, like, terrible, it tastes like cardboard, I'm still going to just eat whatever I'm used to, right? So you think it's going to taste good or not? I don't know. So We're I not mean, there yet, I guess. <laughs> so so it's kind of like this, right? Like with vegans, I mean, they say like, oh, yeah, well, I made vegan meat. So like I'm pretty sure, you know, like vegan meat is like jackfruit. They put like barbecue sauce on it. You know what I'm talking about? I've had it yeah, one time yeah. before. I was like, oh, it kind of does taste like meat. But like then aren't you just like imitating meat in a sense? You know what I mean? Like you're still you're getting the imitation. You're not getting the, the real stuff of it. You know what I mean? You know yeah, what I'm trying I mean, to say? It, yeah, like what are, what are you trying to say? Like you know, it's like it's it's not it's not the same. You know, like you just want okay. Thing, like so so it's like okay, I know it's like it's like this. Like everyone wants the brand cereals. Nobody wants the <laughs> the family brand, right? It's like I don't want Count Dracula. I want the Cocoa Puffs. Give me the Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I hundred percent agree with that, but. I will say, you know, I have family members that talk about Oreos like it's nothing. Like you never get Walmart Oreos. You gotta get Oreo brand Oreos. And me, I'm not even like I don't like Oreos. So maybe I'm just a little bit like not as picky, but I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a culinary thing, like if they if they're able to get, you know, the lab grown meat to taste close i mean even if if, even if it's close right hey i'm sold you know i would definitely be and guess what this is the thing there's a whole like another thing about like well we all know that like you know the feedlots they're cruel they're not um at all uh humane and not only that they cause a lot of a slew of different issues leading uh part of climate change of feedlots with the methane they produce and the whole thing about just imagine like like the amount of land that they have to put just to make just to keep something just walking around you know imagine like if i just if i just you know had like 100 acres and i'm like okay 100 acres of land i'm just going to you know tear up the whole soil i'm not going to put any grass cut down all the trees and i'm just going to have a bunch of people walking around like that'd be a waste that's what I kind of think of feedlots, you know, are in that sense. It's like it's a waste of space when we could be hopefully making something that's more efficient, you know. I know, and I get that, and I think it's like so. In Native American, well, I know this from Native American history as well. But like, have you heard of the Three Sisters? Yeah, it's. I think it's like corn. Uh, it, it's some kind of thing like that, like combination of vegetables that they would yeah. you know, plant together, right? Or something. So it's like it's like corn, it's like corn, beans, and let's say squash, right? So and right, corn right, right. provides a stock. Uh, the the beans provide nitrogen to the soil and like right, wraps right. around the corn, and the squash helps protect insects and provide shading as well. So again, like yeah, I mean that, that that's a very smart idea. So instead of like let's say monocropping when you're just having one single type of crop, because again, that's not natural to have 
giant acres and acres and acres of just one type of crop, right? That's not sustainable at all whatsoever. And that's just depleting the soil. Again, you have exactly, to yeah. you have to mix all that together. And that's much more effective rather than just again growing that one single crop. And with lab grown meats, I could see the potential good in it. However, though, I'm also looking at the negative. I guess you could call me a realist or maybe a pessimist if you really want to. But again, you're growing this meat on a petri dish. If it's stem cells, where do these stem cells come from? Like you've heard of Henrietta Lacks, correct? I haven't. That's uh, this is the first time hearing about that. So Henrietta Lacks was a black woman, and she had ovarian cancer, if I remember correctly. But her her cells are known as immortal stem cells, right? So all of our all of our medical technology was made was came from her. Uh, basically, she was a patient. The doctor, without any consent at all took her cells from her right and sent it off to a lab they and usually like with cancer it should die off after every couple of cycles right when it reproduces but her cells didn't her cells kept reproducing right so again that's interesting so now we're studying this again we're we're studying how cells duplicate what is the life cycle of a cell uh what can we use to synthesize other items as well so think and with with lab-grown meat, again, if this is coming from Henrietta's lax cells, that's cancerous cells. I'm not trusting that. I'm not going to consume that into my own body and then potentially develop cancer later on down the line. Yeah, you know, I, I had never heard about that story, honestly. I'm not sure about that. I'm, I'll do a little bit of, you know, investigation in that. But that's that's interesting. Yeah, we don't know whether or not these cells... Um, that they maybe, you know, kind of scrape off, derive from one cow, if that's for everything. Like, you know, what about in terms of like, you know, they have like mad cow disease, you know, they usually have one cow that kind of spreads this to everyone else, right? Could that be potential with, you know, the lab-grown meat? Um, Could there be like a bad cell? And would it maybe be more difficult to figure out what's wrong uh, or, you know, uh, with those cells if it's just being, you know, one cell for everything like is it just literally like like it, the henrietta uh lacks of you know cow cells like are they going to just use it for all the meat you know or are they going to just get it from different you know in that sense different cows i'm not sure yeah and honestly with henrietta lacks again it's it's just it's uh what's the word i'm looking for it is a it's, it's a shame what happened because again her family Again, these companies are also making billions of dollars off of her cells, and the family hasn't even seen any of that at all whatsoever. Again, mm. wasn't consented at all whatsoever. It was taken away. You know, you'd think like that would be an easy open and shut court case. Uh, be like, hey, they took something because you know the HIPAA violation. That's serious. It's like really serious. Now that was maybe before I'll- HIPAA. Before HIPAA, all right, there you go. Then I guess that's the kind of excuse that they have. Like, well, well, you know, it's like before Miranda rights, right, in a sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's that that ain't that ain't good, you know. But whatever. I guess. And I also think about it like this as well. So have you seen Snowpiercer? I have, yeah. Good all movie. Right. That, that's a good movie. So, I mean, think about it. What is it that the lower class car people were eating? They were eating like yeah, no, it was it was, it, it was protein blocks. So I mean, protein is good, right? Protein you yeah, need yeah. that, but it came from insects. Again, yeah, they were yeah. getting the sludge of it 
while the elite people were eating were getting all like the good natural stuff chicken beef right and again what if this becomes kind of like maybe a soiling dream or a snow piercer situation so i think about it in (laughs) that context too yeah 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 you brought soiling green that is another great movie uh I don't know. I hope we never get to that kind of thing like that where we don't know. Hey, you know what? Honestly, I bet you could argue that we do have Solent Green in the sense of it not being obviously people. But like, you know, it's like, do we really know what this is? You know, um, you know, it's it's like pink slime. You've heard of pink slime before or whatever. It's like super processed meats uh, that are just, you know, ground up, whatever. And we don't really know what was in there, you know, in the sense besides it's just some big concoction of, uh, you know, combination and, but and again, um that that's yeah. another imitation of meats because again like you you cannot you cannot replicate the good original stuff that your body needs again once we try to synthesize it process it that's where all the bad tends to happen all right guys well i think that's all the time we have for today we appreciate you listening in and supporting us in this brewing time hope you uh Tune in next time. Appreciate that. And remember, guys, keep those mugs warm for next time. Till Til the, the next, next room. room.